Hi, and welcome to season five of Business Book Talk. Hope you're going to enjoy this new season. I'm really excited about it. I'm sure you will really enjoy some of the books that we have planned. So let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody, it's Bob again, and I've got real project management, the skills and capabilities you will need for successful project delivery. And I've got Peter Taylor on the line today. Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Bob, thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. So project management, you've been doing tons and tons of project management, but for uh, the people that don't really get what's involved in project management, could you in a, you know, one sentence or two maybe explain to you what you really feel uh, a project manager really is? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's an agent of change. I mean, there's... If you want to go out there and look at the really boring definitions, it's a temporary endeavor that brings about a beneficial change that has a start and a finish, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, project management is it's, it's an agent of change that is put in place to de-risk the process of change because nobody likes change. Change is risky. Change is costly to organizations. Um, you know, taking anything from a state A to a state B is going to be disruptive. And if it goes wrong, it can be very, very um, badly disruptive and, and very costly. So project managers are put in place to oversee that process to ensure things are delivered successfully, whatever we mean by success. But yeah, that's kind of it. Mm. So you think uh, like a babysitting service for a project would, would not be uh, appropriate? <laughs> well, I get, I, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the project managers, the elite around the world probably wouldn't like that analogy. But uh, you know what? It's it's looking after something. It's, it's not just looking after it. It's also trying to find the best way to navigate to a point of success, wherever that has been defined as. And to use opportunities throughout. So a really good project manager doesn't just take a defined state and move it to a different state. They look for advantages on the way to gain additional benefits. And uh, they're, they're the real smart guys out there. Yeah, so it, it's really the ability to evolve a situation uh, as it's moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds to me like they also should be really, really good at herding cats. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely agree. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a great ad from many years ago which actually just demonstrates the process of herding cats and uh, in our life once. So you can check it out on YouTube. But, you know, it is like that. It is, it is the ability to harness individuals, <clears throat> some of whom want to be on your project, some of you, some of whom probably don't want to be on your project. They've got other things to do. They get distracted by the real job, the day job. Uh, and you've got to grab all of this resource and herd it in the right direction towards the goal that you does that the business has set. And you know that a project manager who who just can't deal with people <clears throat> is a project manager who's going to fail. <clears throat> Absolutely not going to work. Project management, you know, there's a whole lot of process and methodology and standards etc. out there. But a project manager he needs to understand people because fundamentally that's what it's all about. Well, he's an orchestra. He's an orc, not an orchestra. Orchestrator of of people and situations. And you know, you bring at least as, this is my experience. You bring a project manager on uh, when you realize that you can't handle it yourself, and it's uh, it's a delegation move a lot of times. Absolutely. So there's a there's a program in the UK which is all about people who take on the most 
incredible construction projects to develop and build homes. I mean, they 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 do things so they do so many things the right way. They get the best architect, they get the best materials, they found the perfect location as far as they're concerned. And then the bit that they get wrong is they attempt to project manage it themselves, and that's where the entertainment comes in, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always jealous because they always end up with a, which is a fabulous home, but. They can't project manage it because they don't have the time to do it. They don't have the objectivity to do it. Project management as an art form, because really anybody that's really, really good at doing something, I consider an artist. Is there a lot of creativity involved where you're, you know, okay, here's the set rules. This is what we're trying to accomplish. But as as it evolves, it changes. I mean, like you can have the best plan, but as soon as you start it, it falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Plans are are important. Plans are wonderful. But as you say, the moment you start doing something, as soon as activity happens, that plan is going to change and needs to change. Um, Yeah, I mean, I talk a lot about, you know, because I've been in project management for for an awful lot of years. And, you know, I'm from the generation of the accidental project manager. I Someone just told me to do something one day. And it was many years later I realized that was my first project. And it was many years before I was called a project manager. And unfortunately, it was a few more years after that that anybody bothered to send me on a training course to learn how to be a project manager. Now, I was I was reminiscing over a beer or two at a conference not so long ago with a, a couple of other people of my age. And we tried to work out why we had somehow survived and in some cases been relatively successful. And we put it down to, to the fact that it is – if you like, the bit we didn't understand were the mechanics of the project's management activity, the stuff that you get from methodology, the stuff you get from the bodies of knowledge and standards, etc. But therefore, we lent heavily on the bit we did kind of understand, which was the artistic part of it, the, the, the people side of it, the creativity. And somehow that hell allowed us to survive. Now, you know, I'm not kidding. When I when I learned the mechanics, it really did help me a great deal. And I really wish I found out more earlier on. But somehow, as I said, you can live off the creativity, the art, the art side, and the science can can perhaps lag. But in the ideal world, you, you get both. And that's certainly kind of where project managers coming into the profession these days uh, have a great start because they, they really learn the science, if you like, through the educational uh, process all the way up to some kind of uh, you know, uh, master science degree or whatever it may be. And then they can learn the art from working with other project managers with experience. Mm. So why do you think this book is important to have out now? Well, I think this book is a kind of step back. So, you know, there's a lot of books out. I mean, there's an explosion of books out there generally. But, you know, it's certainly in in project management, there's an explosion of books. And and what happens is that you you end up, and I've gone this route as well with some of mine, which is you get a lot of, you know, books that specialize in certain areas. Uh, You get a lot of high-end project management books. And I felt that there was perhaps a lack of... uh, for the masses, practical type of book, especially for the kind of uh, the young project managers, the green beans, if you like, um, something to reference, but actually had a background of experience. I mean, you know, the book itself, you know, if I can take you back to when I kind of had the idea to write the book, you know, and I know exactly when it was, it's kind of one of the strange ones because it was the 30th of September, 2013, uh, and I know this because I was the Master of Ceremonies at the International Project Management Association World Congress, which was held in Dubrovnik in Croatia, which is just a beautiful place. And I was taking a little bit of time out there 
on the balcony overlooking the Aegean Sea. It was a beautiful hot sunny day. I had a cafe latte on my side. And I had just finished a workshop with what they call in the IPMA the young crew, which this is the young, scarily intelligent, excitable and energetic uh, project managers who who really are up for the opportunity to become great project managers in the future. And I was just reflecting on this. And one of the things that, uh, that came from that session was they were talking about the fact that most of the books out there were either at one end the dry bodies of knowledge, you know, the, the, the dictionaries of project management, which are not designed to be read, but have to be referenced for certification. And at the other end, there were all these books which are specialized and there was nothing at the end that they could reach out to. So it was actually at that point, I thought, well, you know, that's, that's the book I can write. And that's the book that eventually turned out to be real project management. It's, you know, it's almost like a handbook uh of everything you'd ever need to know from a person that has no idea what project management is, should I consider this a career, all the way through to all the bells and whistles that you're going to need to step forward for your first job. Well, I'm I, I'm not sure I could actually go along with that. It's everything you need. Well, uh, that'd, oh. be, that'd, be a big, that'd be a bit of a boast on my part. But <laughs> what I've tried to do is, you know, you've got a, you've got a journey through project management, sort of you know the history of the generations of project management. You've got a framework for project management in talking about it. the the research I did for it was focused on what are what are the what are the handful of really important aspects of project management you have to get right. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to get the rest right as well, but this, these are the critical ones. You know, it's all, it's all about complexity. It's all about culture, virtualization. It's all about communication. It's about sponsorship. You know, all of these great things. Now, if you get that right, and I, you know, I'm a strong believer in the sort of you know, focus on the 20% that's really, really important, I, I feel if you get that right, you stand a really good chance of, of doing a reasonable job and learning. And and supporting all of that, you know, the thing I found in the past with my other books is the more honesty you put in there about experiences and the more guidance you can give to people about what to do in certain situations, then the better off the reader will be. And that's that's really what I was trying to achieve with the book. Mm. Yeah, I guess, you know, that was a, <clears throat> a bit of an unfair statement at the beginning, but it's true. I mean, if you know nothing about project management, you read this book, you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get yourself involved with. And I think you could probably fake it until you make it. Uh, in a lot of cases, there's so much resources out there. But like you say, there's no real book that's come out that says, you know, this is this is it, guys. If you read, basically, I could read this book and go to a project management conference and hobnob with everybody and they'd think I was a certified project management. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to go with that. I, I just know if I said if I said yes to your first question, I, my inbox would be inundated by angry angry project managers saying your book does not cover everything. But <laughs> I go with that. Read the book, and you can certainly hold your own at the next conference. Absolutely, exactly, exactly. How to look up small talk for, uh, for <laughs> conference? Um, who the heck is uh, Mike Brown? So Mike Brown um, again. Mike was um, he was the head of uh, projects at uh, Rolls-Royce in the UK. And, uh, um, you know, he took a journey himself with uh, developing project management profession inside that organization and also did a lot of work with some uh, universities in the UK to bring forward the development of uh, master's level project management uh, programs inside the universities. And he happened to be a keynote speaker at the very conference I talked about, the IPMA World Congress. Um 
and therefore, as a result of that, I asked him, and he's a really nice guy, if he would contribute to the book. And, uh, you know, um, because he said yes before anybody else, I gave him the very last word in the book, which is kind of a, a reminiscence of what was in the past and, and a look forward to the future. Uh, that's a perfect segue for my next next question, which is, what is the difference between project management, you know, in the past and project management these days? To a certain extent, it's, it's always the same. Um, projects are projects, but, you know, um, the the projects in the past, I mean, it's not un- we can't underestimate what they achieved because there were some very significant uh, developments um, through, you know, the, if you like, from the 19, early 1930s onwards, there were some significant projects that were undertaken and very successful. And, you know, everybody always talks about, you know, getting a man on the moon and back safely. So, you know, let's not undertake it, uh, underestimate that. But, you know, they were run by a small elite group of, you know, extreme professionals. But if you think about the general project management community out there, there has been an explosion in recent years of project-based activity inside organizations. And this can no longer sit with a small niche elite if you like so more and more people are getting involved in projects so that's the first thing i think is is fundamentally different secondly the projects that are undertaken these days are so important to organizations i mean every project should be directly or indirectly linked to a, to a business strategy of some form um, but they are just so critical and the pressure is generally on to deliver more in less time, with less effort perhaps, to be more and more efficient each and every time, to move at a much faster pace. And I think the the last thing is that there has been, in the last 10 years, I would say, an explosion of expansion of, of involvement of people around the world for commercial reasons, because you can go and get uh, cheaper resources or there's there's an offshore organization or there's an outfit on the other side of the planet that actually has that kind of specialism you need, but also to, to roll out certain technology, for example, to organizational users around the world. So what, you, what you've got these days is, are many, many projects being launched that involve global communities of users or uh, con- uh, contributors to the projects. And therefore, we get this whole virtualization of project-based activity where, you know, if I think back to my first project, all the resources, all the people were in one building, in one place. At any given time, I could get them together and talk to them. And I still cha- I, you know, I still found that a challenging project. Now, these days, people are working with people they've never even met on the other side of the world in a different time zone with a different culture. I mean, this is, this is a huge difference in projects. Do you think that uh, because of the inundation of, of software and tools and apps and stuff that's out there, the focus of the project management has, has slipped towards technology dependence too much and less about getting the basics right? Uh, I think there's a risk. Um, in fact, in the, you know, I've just finished um, the manuscripts of a new book, which is called The Social Project Manager. And this is all about looking at that tool set. The point about it, I think, at the moment is there's just there's huge opportunities. There's some really impressive tools out there. But there are a lot of, a lot of dangers, exactly as you said. You know, some, some project managers I spoke to when I was researching for that book were, were saying – you know what, I have to, communication forms 90% of the time of the stuff I have to do. You know, project management is fundal, fundamentally about communication of some form. Now, the trouble is, I'm doing all of this, 
and now my business is saying, hey, you need, you need to have a blog about the project. You need to tweet about the project on a regular basis. We want a Facebook page. You know, we want you to use this tool or that tool, etc. And at the moment, a lot of project managers are, tr- are struggling to find the right use of the right tool. Uh, and communication, you, you know, this, and I'm sure most of your listeners know this, but, you know, c- good communication comes from right information at the right time, delivered in the right means to the right person. And the problem with the tools at the moment is they offer a, 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 an explosion, a mass ability to communicate. And I think a lot of project managers are finding the ways to do that effectively and efficiently that actually contribute to the project as opposed to, if you like, degrade from the communication or confuse, if you like, or, or add to the burden of the, all the work they've already got. Yeah, and you know, that that's a... That's a good point, burden, because a lot of project management situations where you're coming in as a project manager, you've got some goals, you've got to get something done. But part of that is burdening people with extra work and being able to talk them into, well, the reason we're doing this in the long run, you're going to be much happier. Um, What type of, you know, if, if a company asks you to become a project manager, brings you on board as a project manager, how high up do you need to have authority to be an effective uh, project manager. Um, I think the answer is that depends on the project. You know, we, <clears throat> you know, what we're seeing are, um, you know, I talk about three three levels. Uh, I think there's project management. Pure, there are projects that are pure and simple. These these are made. These are significant change activities inside an organisation, led by a project manager, or a project director, or even a program manager, that require reasonably high levels of authority and they certainly need to be supported by an executive sponsor who has the highest level possible authority uh, and that's a big gap out there at the moment um, then there are then there's clearly is business as usual the stuff that just goes on because that's what the business is about the organization does this wherever it may be and there's an interesting middle layer that i'm seeing i and i call this projects as usual and this is where we're seeing uh, a generation come into the the workplace who understands the basics of project management and are expected to oversee small, relatively simple projects just as part and parcel of their everyday management life uh, responsibilities. So in that case, then you know the level of authority is much lower um, because the 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 position or the uh, complexity, um, or risk the organisation is much lower as well. But the, oh, yeah, all of this is going on, and you know, a lot of organisations are seeing uh, a rise year after year of the amount of project-based activity that takes place inside their own organisations as change speeds up. Now, uh, this is my favourite question for for every interview, and especially with an author like yourself that's written so many books. When you were putting this book together, you're bringing, bringing years and years and years of experience to to uh, to play. You're putting it down. You're saying, "Hey, this is this is the reality of of project management." For you, what was an aha moment? Something that crystallized that you already knew was a reality, but when you wrote the book or when you organized the book, you say, "Wow, this is the gem. This is the one." What was your aha moment? Oh, what was my aha moment? So that's a, an interesting question, and I think. Ah, I think one of, one of them was something I anticipated but kind of surprised me when I started working. And it was to do with the, the multi-generation workforce that's out there. 
You know, we've got the seniors pre-46, the baby boomers 46 to 64, Gen uh, X 1964 to 1980, Gen Y 80 to 2000, and hey, here comes Gen Z, Z, whatever you want to say it is, 2000 onwards. I mean, it's... And it just suddenly struck me because, you know, I work with you know, organizations with this this wide range in community of project managers. And you suddenly realize that all this is going on. And projects, of course, extend beyond just the project managers because I said there's the executive sponsors who who tend to be tend to be of the of the older generation. Now, just realizing the the way these I mean, we've got four generations definitely working together right now. The way that they have to learn to work and interact with each other, and some of the some of the tensions, and so there's some great stories that people contributed to the book of of where this was working and where it wasn't working. So, I think that was, yeah. yeah. The nearest I could get to an aha moment, it was like, wow, that's that's really interesting and challenging, and and now I understand some of the things I've been seeing in the organisations I've been working with. Let's talk about language uh, because I think it's so critical. We, you've mentioned it a little bit before, but how critical is it that when you open your mouth and say something, that the words that you use actually resonate uh, on a global level, uh, regardless of it, you know, it's easy to do, like you said at the beginning, with a small department in 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 a one one company, but these days it's global. So how you use your language, how you communicate is pretty critical. Are there any tips or advice you can give to people that have to deal with that? And I fall foul of that occasionally. The, the, well, not language, but you know, just just everything. I I remember I, I was I was delighted to be invited to go and speak out in um, in uh, Brazil, um, and I was collected from my hotel by a, a very nice lady who was organising that part of the conference. And I got in the lift and I did what was well, certainly what every Englishman would do. You know, I shuffled around to face the door. We all stand in a line. I mean, you know, and, and look at the door. Nobody looks at anybody else. And when we got out, she, she gave me a, a really serious telling off about how rude that was to turn my back on people. In. And I tried to explain to her that that's not how we do it in the UK. But, uh, you, you know, it's, it's a minefield. It's... What can you do? I mean, obviously, we, you know, I think about this and my editors think about this, of, of making sure the language is uh, correct. Um, and I'm sure there are mistakes and errors in the book or, you know, words that will confuse people. Um, and I think for, you know, project managers come across it all the time. And, you know, one of the things that we have been doing some work um, in a couple of organizations I've recently worked with was to create some kind of uh, multicultural database. That's a grand word for it, really. But just a kind of pointers as people work with different cultures around the world of things to be aware of when you are talking to these people. Um, uh, and I think the other thing is certainly when you're doing – you know, what happens in, in projects is you have a lot of regular calls, uh, conferences or you know, webcasts or whatever they may be, is you have to use a lot of visual uh, visuals. Imagery really helps clarify. Um, and also repeating things. I know when I speak, um, you know, around the world, if it's not uh, a country that has native uh, English as their native language, then I do try, well, one, I try and slow down. I'm a very fast talker normally, and I find that difficult when I get excited on stage, but I try and slow down, but I certainly try and repeat things in different ways to kind of make the point from different angles so that hopefully the, the audience get the point I'm making uh, through one of those presentations of the idea. Um, 
And, you know, I think if you, you know, if there's confusion and, and you can register that, then just, you know, just be honest and have those conversations with people. Okay, what was wrong here? And, and how can I make sure I don't do that again? Mm. Well, I, you know, and, you know, talking about dealing with different cultures, the ability to admit that uh, you made a mistake is huge in some cultures where, you know, gosh, you've lost face and how can you do this and that and I think, you know, when I did a lot of project management in Asia, part of my job as a project manager, especially when I was working with um, C-Suite, was basically to say, look, at I'm the foreigner here. I can lose face. So to move this project forward, I'll be the fall guy. And uh, then I'll rally the troops around uh, my inability to communicate and get this job done uh, as part of the job. And that's just using – I think that's what great – project management's about is like take the situation and evolve to make things happen move the thing forward and you know then that touches on a really interesting point on project management i think is the fact that the project manager is in charge but the project manager is also utterly subservient to everything that goes on in the project and and again i've seen bad project behavior where the project manager attempts to take that authoritative centralized Everything is owned by me. I mean, for one, for one thing, it, it, it just doesn't work, Jerry. But secondly, it gives you an awful lot of work that actually should be, um, you know, delegated out to the project team. And, and your job is just, to, you know, we're back to herding cats. It's, it's, it's steering that collective group towards the direct direction of success. Mm. Do you think uh, project management is more trying to get in the target zone more than pinpointing laser accuracy? Well, yeah, there's a, I, I, I write about what, what you might consider to be success because the old, the old measurement of success, um, which I've always had an issue with, is the triple constraint or the iron triangle, as it was originally, you know, delivering on time to scope, um, yeah, to cost, uh, with, a, with, a, with a, obviously an anchor of quality. And, you know, that's, there are certainly measurements, but, you know, hey, I come from the software industry, and if that, if that was really true, there wouldn't be a software business because pretty much that doesn't happen. But what happens is that we deliver benefit to the business in the sort of projects that I've been involved in. Now, yeah, that is far more than that, though, you know, the Iron Triangle, you know, triple constraint components. Because it's all, you know, it is about time, cost, scope, quality, but it's also about risk to the organization. It's about resources. And then you've got other stuff like, you know, the politics. There's, you know, there's always a political aspect to a project. The relevance of the project right now, the impact it's going to make on your organization, and, of course, growing, you know, sustainability is another measurement. So that that pointing, as you say, into the sort of general zone of success is really, really important, as is uh, you know, I, I do a, a presentation which is called the journey of expectation management. And it's that process at the start of the project with, yeah, there might be a statement of work. There might be a project definition document. But the reality is, as all of the parts of the business come together, perhaps some external suppliers come together as well, that they have to go on a journey to understand what is truly the best outcome for the business. And that probably hasn't been documented exactly at the beginning it will evolve during the life cycle of the project so yeah i like it you know point it in the direction of success and hone it towards the end hmm. yeah i guess if they already had a very clear idea exactly what uh, the the response or the result should be it, it wouldn't be a realistic uh, project because too many restraints would be put on it there wasn't enough creativity or enough uh, vision put on the project to actually have any effectiveness in the organization 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, the organisation. I mean, during the life cycle of the project, I mean, depends how long the project is, but you know, the business is moving on. I mean, things will change. There's external influences, internal influences, and so on that basis, you know, the project has to keep track of what's going on. Now, now, this is going to be an interesting question for me, but because I'm curious about your answer is going to be, and I know what one of them will be. Um, how long is a piece of string? Uh, but really, how long does a project or how large does a project have to be to warrant having a project manager involved? Uh, yeah. Well, how long does a project have to be to have a project manager involved? Well, or the, you know, I, or, or the, the size or the scope. Maybe that was the bad use of words. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, when is it more cost effective not to have a project manager compared to having a project manager? I would say there's always a project manager of some form. And it might be, as I said, the business is the projects as usual with a small component of activity, some sort of structure around the project. You know, a project manager, you know, I've, I've always, you know, we, I live in the commercial world, so we're always quoting for, you know, professional services, including project management. And, you know, any project, any project, you know, if a project lasts for an hour, it requires five days minimum project management effort because the project manager's got to start the process, understand the process, understand what's required, engage with people and close the whole thing off at the end. So, you know, it's definitely a week and it's certainly, uh, it's certainly probably, uh, you know, anything over a month, I would say, has definitely got to have some form of project manager in place. You know, that, that really is, is a very interesting point that what is asked of a project manager is to actually fundamentally conceptualize and get something that he a lot of times has really no understanding. So there's a tremendous amount of like research and history and figuring out what it's about and why are those goals important and da, 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 da. It's just trying to get your head around the project and then you can orchestrate. You can't just go and say, okay, I'll figure it out as I go because that's just a disaster waiting to happen. No, it's, it's a classic, you know, you're about to go somewhere you've never been beforehand. It might not be a huge journey. It might be just a two-hour drive in your car. But, yeah, you could jump in the car and you could turn on your, uh, you know, your GPS and, and it could well get you there. But you haven't particularly prepared for it in any sense. You probably haven't got an idea of where you're actually going or what what you might meet on the way that could be, you know, challenges as far as uh, traffic's concerned or how, you know, traipsing through, you know, too many cities on the way and not having the most scenic route maybe not having the fastest route there's you know the more the more you prepare for it the more you are prepared for the for the journey itself um and that's kind of what project management is about as well and you know it's a the thing about it is just because you're prepared for something doesn't mean that that thing has to happen like if i go hiking i'm prepared for all sorts of stuff overnight if there's a situation if i find somebody that's in trouble that needs medical help whatever I have all that stuff in my backpack. When I go hiking with other people, I have a huge backpack on. And they say, Bob, you going overnight? I said, well, we may. And they, they don't – the reason I've got that much equipment is because 90% of the time the people that I'm hiking with don't have the equipment they need to survive. So I'm not saying we're going to go into that survival situation. I'm not going to say people are going to hurt themselves. But if I run across that, I am prepared and I can uh, help the situation or move the situation forward. Yeah, anticipate the worst, deliver the best. Yeah. Um, how should people read this book? Because, you know, you've got a ton of books out there, but number one, instead of how should, what person or what type of project manager or manager should read this book? 
um, clearly for sales, I would say absolutely every single project manager out there <laughs> on the planet. Um, the book was written in its first my thoughts were written around um, you know, the new project managers. You know, they, they've been in, the, you know, they're either brand new to project management or they've been, you know, two, three years in the job and they're still learning, et cetera. That's, that's a primary audience. I, I honestly believe that, that most project managers can get some value from it because it's, it, to a degree, it's probably a reminder of stuff that they might have forgotten because we all get you know, we all get our heads down and get, get get into the detail. I think secondly is a is for even mature project managers is a really is a an eye opener to what is important in the projects of today that maybe their traditional focus has uh, meant that they they've not taken too much notice of this. And you know it's all the things I talked about beforehand. As I said, the you know the increased complexity, the you know, the, the rise in importance to strategic uh, intentions of organisations, and the virtualization, globalization of projects that you know with, with your head down that might have suddenly yeah you know, that might suddenly be a bit of a surprise to people. So I think uh, they can gain value from it as well. I think also that um, managers or uh, actually even company owners should go through this type of book because it kind of gives you like an overall scope of what's expected of a project manager. So when you decide that, you know what, we need a project manager, at least you're not talking over the top of your head. You're basically saying, actually, based on that book, these three projects that we're doing desperately need project managers. Why don't we have project managers on this or a, a special, a trained project manager? Because they'll all have project managers. Um, you know, some poor so-and-so that's junior and say, well, this is your project now. They have no idea what they're doing. And it's fiasco after fiasco happening. Ah, maybe we should be hiring somebody that knows what the heck they're doing. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, this is a book for people who go into project management conferences. And this is a book for people who are managing all parts of an organization that have projects in them. And uh, it's also a recruiter's guide for project managers. So, yeah, I'm loving this. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea of, of recruiter's guide. Um, when, you know, when you're asked to project manage, um, do people actually use those words? Hey, Peter, can you project manage this? Or they usually say, we have... This has to happen. Can you make it happen? Because that's a big distinct distinction. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to be, air quotes, a project manager. But they never get asked to manage a project. They just get stuff thrown at them. Uh, I think, yeah, that's, that's a great one. And I, I'm going to go back to, you know, we talked at the beginning of the interview about uh, what is a project manager. And, and I, when I, I joke when I'm on stage because I, I say, well, listen, and, and this is actually true, that if you go and find a, a project manager, you know, maybe you found someone at a party who admits that they're a project manager, you play a game with them. You, it's the game of where you ask a question and they have to give you the first thing that comes into their head. And, and the game is, you know, you, you find a project manager, and you say, what are you? And they say, I'm a project manager. And then you say, what do you do? And they say, I manage projects. You know, I'm a project manager. I manage projects. Well, what does that even mean? You know, that, that, that is just pointless. And I think that's part of the problem is, is explaining to people what on earth project management is. And therefore, there's probably a, you know, there's probably a strong possibility that you will get asked to oversee something, manage something, you know, drive something forward, make this change happen or, or you know, rescue this without the term project management or project manager coming into it. Equally, you're probably going to find a lot of situations where you're asked to, to, to manage a project without 
the person asking you, and it kind of just comes back to the point you just made about the book, really, you know, ask who doesn't really necessarily understand what that means. They just know there is something to be done or maybe something they're struggling with. And everybody talks about it as a project. So clearly we need a manager of the project, but not truly understanding what that project manager is likely to do or bring to the, bring to the party. Well, and also, you know, what? how much power are you going to give to this guy? I mean, you can hand off a project and then give him absolutely zero power, and it's doomed for failure. It is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, you know, that comes back to understanding what it's all about, and secondly, giving them the right, um, you know, senior support in the organization to make it happen. I mean, a project sponsor is a really, really, I mean, the project sponsor is ultimately responsible for the project failure or success. It's not the project manager. Um, And, you know, I I talk about, and everybody talks about the, the, the fact that, you know, people like me are from the generation of the accidental project manager and that's true but you know what we're in the age of the accident and accidental project sponsor right now because nobody is teaching these people how to be good project sponsors because they're, they're senior people and therefore it's an assumption that they know what to do and you know what they probably haven't got a project background in any way shape or form so they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing uh, and that's a you know that's a a huge gap in the uh, likelihood of uh, overall project success and a big challenge for the project manager. Sounds like a new book. Oh, it's already written. Yes, Strategies <laughs> for Project Sponsorship is out there. I started the campaign the campaign for real project sponsors a few years ago. So it definitely is a bugbear for me. Um, do you think uh, project management is a, a hidden reality in the sense that, uh, kind of what you've explained already, but, you know, Joe, I need this done get it done and then Joe not realizing that oh now I'm a project manager don't think like a project manager because they haven't perceived themselves as a project manager yeah absolutely and 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 you know what I'll, I'll admit I got caught out yeah four or five years ago now when I was asked to do something in the organization I was working in and and even with all of my experience I just I just said yes to it without truly understanding the, the scope and, you know, within a month, I was suddenly reeling from the fact that I hadn't approached this properly as a project. I'd made that fatal mistake. So even with all my years experience, uh, I got caught out there. And, um, you know, it was, it was a bit of a rough ride for a period of time because I suddenly had to, to retune my thoughts, had to look at it back, go back and th- consider this as a, as a real project uh, and take a very, very different approach to actually make this thing happen. Um, so, yeah, I could see that as a, as a, as a danger out there all the time. So how does a you know a, a junior manager because I'm not even going to say project manager because I think this is a this is a big thing where you're you're got your manager position you're really excited yeah I'm going to rock it and then you start give get given projects instead of you know uh, project management uh, and you start to mess up so what should you do when you sit down at a meeting with the boss or you're at a table and you volunteer to to help out what type of questions should you ask uh, so you don't run into a problem of like, oh gosh, I've bitten off more than I can chew, or I need more data like a week or a month later. Mm. Well, I think that's, that's that's a good point. I mean, the you know, first of all, I think you know, if you're in a business and you're asked to do something that is different to the business that you're normally in, as you know, your your responsibility then the chances are that is a project. There's a change. So, you know, that's that's the first thing that should light up a little uh, red light somewhere in your head and go, right, okay, I need to think of I need to think of this as a project. Now, what questions do, do I need to ask? Well, one is, 
you need to have understanding. And so, you know, has is this just someone saying you need to do this and nothing is documented? Because, you know, they, if nothing's documented, then how serious is it? So having a, a very, very simple, very light um, methodology, I mean, I'm not talking lots of stages and complexities of documents and templates and tools, you know, just a simple start, middle and finish, really. Of Okay, something has to define this. I need to write it down, put it in front of people, and people need to say, you know what, Peter, that's right, you've got it down there exactly, or... Well, I wasn't thinking of it like that. And have you thought about this? So something that just documents what it is you're, you're being tasked to do. And then you need some sort of, you know, at the very least, you need some sort of midpoint measurement of progress. And you need to, you know, all projects need to wrap up at the end. And you need certainly to learn lessons from the experience, and again, in a controlled way. So that, to me, that's, that's the bare minimum. But certainly asking those questions at the front end of do I truly understand what I'm saying yes to as far as responsibility is concerned and do the other people around the table or in, in the department or whatever it may be, do they have the same view or is there a lack of clarity that we need to do some more work on? I mean, the dangers of project managers is that you you leap into action and, and action's great, but actually action without guidance and structure at the beginning is a recipe for you know, disaster. Mm. Um, how important is it to have an end of project party? Like, uh, and, and maybe party is the wrong word, but it's basically saying, Hey, we're all finished this. We've success. We're not success, whatever it ends here. Um, is, is that, do you think, uh, an element that's missing in a lot of project uh, management projects? Well, what I see is that, uh, you know, in the sequence of things, the, um, you know, the part is, well, you know, whatever it is, a celebration, uh, a, a bringing to close is important because, you know, with the growth of projects inside organizations, the chances are that even though you're saying farewell to this project, you may well already be allocated to another project or involved in another project or some of your team members certainly will be. So, you know, that, that, that clarity of this is a close this is a finish and you know didn't it you know what do we do great and what what can we learn to do better next time around is really really important what you see is often what i call the hard closure of projects where someone documents something you know we we intended to deliver a b c and d and look we delivered a b c and d you know what we delivered e as well there's a bonus um we didn't deliver f because that wasn't deemed to be important there we are all documented down lovely um you know the project's closed off What's often missed because of the pressure of, of, of life and work is um, what you might call the soft closure of projects, which is the learning experience. You know, it's yes, we all carry stuff forward, but collectively on a project, what can we learn from each other and what can we share with other people inside our organization that's going to be of value? And finding one or two, not much, any more than that, it just gets overwhelming. But you know, one, one or two key learning points can be really valuable for everybody. And a party. Yeah, a party's good as well. <laughs> or at least a coffee. Yeah. Or coffee. a tea, if you're in. Yeah, something. For people that, uh, you know, pick up the book and, and um, thumb, thumb through it and, and say, okay, this is interesting, for them to really get a grasp of, of some of the value of the book, where do you think that they, you know, if they only had five minutes to, to read a section, what section do you think is the most uh, useful? Oh, God, what section is. What I'd like them to look at is, and I think they would spot this, is you know, the, the book is designed to be read start to finish because I always write my books that way. You know, they, they are 
they are stories in in a certain way, but it's also written to do dip in and out of a course as well because it is it is you know said to be a reference book. What there's two things in there which I think people will clearly identify when they look through because obviously it's beautifully f- formatted and uh, thanks to the publishers for that. But there are what we call real project management tips and real project manager mentor, and the tips such as summations of the key points. So they're really good. But I think what people could take a look at is go and find you know, two or three of the, the mentors. These are blocks of text where having made a point about something, then the you know what I try and do is I try and be the, you know, I know I wrote the book, but it's also the voice of me speaking to the reader and suggesting, you know what, if you want to try this, why don't you, why don't you go this way and do this, and this is the outcome you might likely find. This is, this is my general advice. So that, you know, tips are good. But the mentor, I particularly enjoyed the inclusion of that in the book, and I and I hope that that is, as I said, it's almost it's almost like be being there reading the book with the reader, and when they've reached the end of a section, it's me going, so yeah, you're interested in that, so hey, why don't you try this? This is this is a great technique that worked for me, or worked for someone I know, uh, and I think that's a great starting point for you. Mm. Um. What should uh, people do to improve their their project management skills today? Like one tip. Ah, are you? Well, you, you, it's kind of you're not leading me into say buy a copy of real project management, are you? Well, other than that, <laughs> other, other than, than that, that that's yeah. a given. Okay, yeah. um, it depends. Well, no, the sort of degree it depends where you are. If you're certainly, um, you know, I wrote a blog a while ago which is called uh, Green Bean Project Management, and I said to young project managers, there's kind of three things that they should should do to be successful firstly they you know they, they've got to find a safe um uh, haven to to begin their job of being a project manager and and not be in an organization that just throws you straight in the deep end because you know that was painful enough with my generation and really i don't think can work these days so you know joining joining a project management office a pmo or joining a department of, of community of project managers is really good i think secondly you know the thing they should do is find a mentor because that's just hugely helpful in the you know they you know if they've got questions just someone they can reach out to is like well i don't know i've got to this point and i'm thinking this but i could also think that can you give me any any advice or guidance to have that experienced voice there uh, you know a bit like the mentor i'm trying to do in the book but to have that real voice available to counsel them i think is massive massively uh, important and so you know if, that, if there's anything you can do if you can find someone like that that's a definite first step i would think and the third thing i advise people is don't get don't get constrained by the world that you might uh, exist in from nine to five or whatever your working patterns are because that's important and you will have some you know hopefully have some great colleagues some project managers around you but you know this is a world where you can reach out and connect to, to so many people around the world and it's just it's such a huge panacea of opportunity out there with blogs and podcasts and books and conferences and webinars and uh, and you know twitter communities and linkedin communities and all these sort of things and and the better the best project managers are, that i've come across are the ones that reach out and connect to that community and also begin to contribute to that community as well uh, where should people go if they want to learn more? You know, they've read the book, they want to learn more, or they're interested in the book, they want to learn more. Learn more. Do you have a an ongoing blog and website? Uh, yeah, so the best starting point is www.thelazyprojectmanager.com. Lazy Project Manager, thelazyprojectmanager.com. That's a great uh, starting point, and I am absolutely on LinkedIn, so I definitely invite people to connect to me on LinkedIn because, again, from there, I blog 
uh, a great deal about all things to do with project management. And finally, I have a podcast as well, which is called The Lazy Project Manager. Just go into iTunes and search for project management and you'll find me there in the top 10. Awesome. We've been chatting with Peter. Real project management, the skills and capabilities you will need for successful project delivery. Thanks for being on the show, Peter. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that show and do me a favor and tweet about it. Follow us on Facebook if you haven't done that already. We really appreciate it. See you next week.